Hello and welcome to It Takes Courage to Tell the Truth. This podcast features interviews from women around the world focusing on birth, business, sustainability, health, sex, death and money. I'm your host, Eleanor Bancroft. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm joined today with a special guest, Leela. Hi, Leela. Hi. How are you? I'm great. I'm like quarantining, and I'm surprised at how very, very easeful it's all feeling at the moment. Day five out of out of fourteen. So let's see how we go. But so good so far. We're lucky to have you at this time where you've had a lot of integration and retrospective being hidden away in a hotel room in Sydney. So thank you for making time to have a chat with me. Um, I guess like first off, I would just, I'd love you to introduce yourself um, to the audience and just talk a little bit about your story in relation to the work that you do. um, Yeah. And your journey that you've been on. Amazing. Thanks. So my name's Leela Kalyani and I kind of refer to myself as a feminine healing guide. And yeah, I feel like, as you mentioned, this is a beautiful moment to kind of inquire into myself and my journey. I have this like big chunk of time at the moment to really reflect and yeah 2020 for all of us has been such a big year but especially in in my journey I've just spent the last four months at a crazy mystery school in New Zealand and yeah that's now I'm kind of going backwards to my journey but that's kind of the the context of where I'm coming from at the moment but yeah I mean in terms of like my devotion to the feminine I feel like it's always been there I've always had a really deep connection to spirit and grew up in a family that was like hybrid Catholic Hindu kind of nature worshipping just mix of many different belief systems and a real openness to yeah to magic in many ways and um yeah as a child I was always really yeah, connected to, to something bigger than myself. And like so many of us really lost that during my teenage years and got pretty swept up in, you know, what was cool and what was like 
sexy and I think that actually played a really big part in like my journey that that supported that that ultimately led me to really being fascinated in in sexuality and supporting other women to to heal through certain experiences they might have been through sexually and um so yeah I think those teenage years were were quite like pivotal in my journey of really like losing myself in a lot of ways and and searching for validation outside of myself and when I was around I guess 19 or so I started to get back on the path or back into kind of really looking deeper at myself and yeah during when I was studying social and political sciences at uni which now seems quite like bizarre compared to like the work I'm offering in the world um I always knew I wanted to create change and like that that was a really big piece of why I'm here to be of service to something bigger and while I was doing that that degree I was also starting to like experiment with like plants and essential oils and herbs and kind of develop that more witchy side of me whilst also being like hey I also want this world that's often so focused on you know selling to a very niche market of people that have the privilege to afford to buy a $15 essential oil for their heart chakra I was like cool that's all well and beautiful and I feel the power of that but I like how do we actually access the masses and how do we ripple like magic out on such a bigger scale to people that don't have the privilege to to go and do that so then I got yeah more fascinated in like birth work and 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 through that kind of started to really dive more into the feminine mysteries so I trained to be a doula and then that work kind of led me more into being fascinated with fertility and then I then I kind of realized actually I'm I'm interested in fertility for more than the sake of, you know, becoming pregnant and you know bringing more children into this world, which I totally am for in many in many ways. It just wasn't what I felt I was here to do. So, yeah, then I started to kind of just be like danced by the feminine, and and that turned into this deeper exploration into sensuality and sexuality and exploring those things first like within myself like how do I want to relate and how do I connect with my own body and like let's talk about pleasure like no one really ever spoke to me about like how much pleasure my body is capable of experiencing and receiving it was you know always for like my male partners like you know so much so much of my sexual experiences were trying to please others and it was like this beautiful time of just being like holy shit there's this whole world of like ecstasy and like orgasmic energy and like that just started to light me up and in yeah like light up my core and through through that fascination I started hearing about things like you know yoni massage and and as soon as I heard those words I was like holy shit like that's the thing I need to go and go and like learn about and as basically as soon as I, I trained up in that as a modality, it was like my, it felt like my whole, yeah, purpose just like went and like clicked into place. And, and I very quickly like launched my business and started doing body work and kind of, yeah, energy work with always with women. And yeah, on that journey, I've, you know, I've trained up in other modalities, which I now weave in and I do online stuff, but it was yeah it really has always felt like a very organic 
flow and like I've just yeah been been open to listen to what's meant to come next and not being attached to like who I'm meant to be in the world and letting that continuously evolve so yeah that's a little bit of my journey it's really nice to actually kind of like yeah reflect on on yeah it's so nice to hear it you know Mm -hmm. disclaimer I've been friends with you for about two years so it is really such a pleasure to sit down and have an interview like this because you don't really often get to interview your friends so I guess my my next question is yoni massaging you know what is that (laughs) I mean I know what it is but for for women who are listening um it may be a really foreign concept to them so yeah I was I was like lucky I guess to grow up in like an Indian or half Indian family where like this word yoni was like how I referred to my genitals as and later found out other people just kind of say down there but a yoni a woman's yoni is basically all of her reproductive organs it's her vulva it's her vagina it's her womb space and her ovaries so it's this beautiful word that encapsulates that whole incredible magical region of her body and it translates from Sanskrit to mean sacred temple or sacred flower which in itself just like, oh, it's so beautiful to have that spiritual aspect to, to our sexuality. Like, yeah, that's something in that has always moved me. Um, and, and yoni massage is basically part of like an ancient tantric practice of, of doing different pelvic massage techniques to alleviate tension and pain and, you know support women to let go of trauma if that's what they're carrying in that part of their body which we often are um and ultimately to experience more pleasure but often yeah what's hindering us from that is you know our own lifetimes full of like experiences that may have caused us to contract as well as you know deeper social issues like you know just the fact that we grew up in such a sexually traumatic society like we're holding that in our bodies as an imprint and on top of that then there's also you know seven generations of ancestral stuff that we're often carrying as well so yeah you know i think i think especially talking in terms of like how we might be carrying carrying trauma you know it can be so varied from you know I was even working with a client in the last few days and it was like something came up that was actually, um, and this was just through, through energetic work, like an, an online work, but being feeling that like an imprint of just being told to like shut up as a child. And like that moment of like contracting how that was actually lodged like deeply in her body and in her pelvis. And so it doesn't need to be that we've been, you know, raped or sexually abused or that we have birth trauma, although this works like amazing for that, but it's for anyone that has, you know, tension, which we all do in our bodies and often our genitals is like the place that no one is really wanting to go or like receive support to kind of go and clear that area. So I'm that person, one of many on this planet that like is super passionate about supporting women to like clear their wombs and, and like tap into their yonis and yeah, really journey deeply in that way. 
Yeah, I really, I find it fascinating that we'll go to a spa and have like a shoulder and head rubbed down or, you know, a full body. But when it comes to anything that we consider private, you know, Mm -hmm. or our genitals, that is so, so not seen as something that we need to even take care of and acknowledge. And I know through my own experience, you know, I kind of felt and I walked through the world until I was, I think, up until like probably 20, kind of just being like that part of my body doesn't exist and I'm numb to it. And I guess like what you're saying in, in many ways is that even if we haven't experienced something that's direct trauma to our yoni, even not acknowledging her every day can be direct trauma, you know, even um, utilizing, you know, a tampon when we're younger and we haven't been taught. And I think it's, it's about recognizing that we're living within a structure that actually doesn't allow for those conversations to flow or for mothers and fathers and teachers to bring the sex education space into a conversation because often they weren't taught. So I think it's like a huge responsibility as women for us to take back a lot of these um, rituals and, you know, like do them together or seek out a woman like yourself who can help guide us. Because if we look to the ancients and the way that women used to gather, it would be around these ways of, of sharing healing modalities as self-care techniques and Mm -hmm. in a really trusted space, you know, and I just want to emphasize how important trust is for every human being. Um, But especially when, when healings, things that are so sensitive, what would you like to see taught differently to our young women in order for them to be able to kind of walk through the world experiencing less pain than we often do? Yeah, that like safety is everything and that like we can and deserve to feel safe in our bodies. And that comes down, I think, ultimately to like consent, like how important it is to really like the subtleties of consent. Like, yeah, maybe I have like, you know, in my teenage years, I had this like partner that I like loved, but that that alone isn't the consent that means I want to like make love every time I'm with that person, you know, and it's like starting to like have such a deep relationship with our own bodies that we can actually tune in like when are we actually ready for penetration and like how are our hearts are our hearts on the table in this relationship and do our hearts feel safe and like is our mind there and is our consciousness actually in our bodies because so often we're like so checked out you know when we're especially when we're young so I think yeah one thing is around like you you can listen to your body and you can have like conversations with different parts of your body and that you're allowed to like assert your truth and and like ask a partner to check in with you before before they like enter you you know whether you're with a woman or a man like these kinds of things should just be normalized that we actually ask someone and we ask ourselves exactly like you said like before you put a tampon in or before you self-pleasure like is this actually what I want like am I abusing my body or is my body like please I'm open and ready and like I want to receive pleasure in this moment so I think like that's definitely something that I would love to teach men and women it's the same with young boys you know like fuck they're walking around in the dark poor things so it's like yeah like and and like through that it's like I think just so much shame would be released from all of us you know that that and and like admitting that we don't know how to like do certain things and 
that we don't just wake up and know how to like do sex and sexuality. Like we actually need to learn and like we need to have elders and mentors that we can go to to ask questions about, about these things. And if they don't exist, then we need to become those women, which is what really excites me. Like feeling like the intergenerational healing taking place through the fact that I just happened to incarnate at this time and be, have the privilege and the time to go and do this exploration and offer this work. You know, I'm not some special chosen one. I'm, I'm like lucky and I have a privilege and a responsibility to actually like show up and, and to like let that healing ripple back and, and forth through generations and not just be complacent. And also like, yeah, I guess, I, I guess there's this like this new passion in me around like, cause for a while, like my, like my work was so in some ways like pleasure focused. And for me, it's like, that's, that's like the entry point now for like how a lot of women are finding me. It's like, okay, hey, I'm not experiencing orgasms and pleasure. And why is that? And for me, it, ex- it, it excites me to say like to, to journey with them to find out like, okay, where is that? Like, why are you not experiencing that pleasure? And like, once we can get you to a point that like you are like, how do we then use that pleasure as, as like life force and power to, to show up for something so much bigger than like our self-serving pleasure, which is like amazing, but it's like, how do we actually offer that um, on the altar for, for, for service for something bigger? I think it's really important also, like what I'm hearing is like sexuality is so entangled with sacredness. And I actually just had this like conversation with my partner this morning all around like what we consider to be sacred and what we don't. And and that is like the new way that we look at privacy, you know, but actually like honoring those aspects of ourselves, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. our sexual life or the way that we want to conduct ourselves when we're in nature, like to really like take time to recognize that sometimes that's sacred and doesn't need to be shared or exposed with other people. And I think that often because of Christianity and the ever forceful fist of the church, like people associate spirituality and sacredness or prayers and altars to this kind of like strong patriarchal system, which I think we need to redirect and specifically as women, like see that we're all like grandchildren of witches, you know, and that when we reclaim like our sexual energy, our sacredness in the sexual space, we're actually fighting patriarchy in the greatest way, you know, but it is, it's funny that language, it, it, it's, especially for people that feel that they've, they've felt the heavy hands of, you know, Catholicism and not feeling and feeling dirty and feeling impure, you know, we do tend to disassociate, but I feel like it's so important the work you're doing because it's a real reminder, you know, amongst many other women that came before us too, who have done this work, a real reminder that like, yeah, like let our pussies be sacred, you know, like I just had this remembrance of when my partner first, we she first ever went down on me. And the first thing she said to me was like, can I meet her? You know? And I just thought, wow, that's, that's so powerful. It's so powerful when we realize that like these words that we hold and we say, like carry such strong vibration. Like in saying that, do you feel like there are a practical tools that women can use to get in their body to try and figure out how to create that sense of pleasure or um, mm-hmm. extended orgasms that they can reach up to other other mm-hmm. sources or spirits? 
Mm. Yeah, there's a few a few things that come to to mind, and like the first is like getting the fuck out of your mind, <laughs> and like and like I'm sure you've spoken about this on the podcast before, but like yeah, like the most simple embodiment techniques of like sounding and breathing and moving is like the way we actually trick our our consciousness to come down from our head where we're taught to just operate in this like super masculine way and actually come down into our bodies and start feeling and start, you know, it, it, it triggers that parasympathetic response where we can actually start to let go and soften and heal and rest. And, and we're not in that hypervigilant state where we're like constantly, you know, waiting for something bad to happen. And through that kind of attracting negative experiences, it's like when we can actually, you know, it's like we have no choice but to relax. And maybe that comes with like, fuck, I'm actually really feeling a lot of grief today and I need to feel that. Or maybe there's anger there or maybe there's this beautiful ecstatic energy that the earth is wanting to offer me and I can actually feel that instead of just being like trapped up in the overthinking mind. So sound breath and movement and particularly like moving the hips. Like I remember when I used to live in Sydney, I'd always be like on the train and I was like, I'd just be like rocking my hips and like touching my chest and be like, oh, <laughs> like over my eyes and be like, this is not the world. I'm not living in the world. I think I am. <laughs> Maybe okay. Um, but like, you know, it's like, fuck, actually we can create that world. And, and that, oh, I have so much energy. It's so beautiful to feel like how excited I am to be talking about this. Like, it's like contagious actually when you're around someone who's like deeply in their body and in their like pleasure of being in this like fleshy existence. It's like, you have no choice also, but to be like relaxed too, or maybe you judge the shit out of them because you know that they've got something you don't have, but it's like, Oh, it's so, it's so beautiful to be around someone that's deeply embodied and, and connected to their emotions. So that would be one of the first, um, things I'd recommend to anyone who's like wanting to just start their their journey of of embodiment get juicy in your hips you know juicy, undulate sound soften your jaw you know like we hold so much tension in in our faces and in our hips and like it's not a surprise that like women in childbirth are so vocal it's because when we open our mouth and our jaws our like hips and our pussies naturally open so that relates directly to the sexual arena where like when we're like in erotic experiences we like that's why we sound actually it's like because it supports our body to open and move more so yeah, I guess it's also like tapping into like your authentic expression. Like most of us don't sound like, ah, ah, you know, like a porn star. Like it's like, like <laughs> and it's like, we need to reclaim our right to be all the things and to sound like that and to not have to look or, you know, sound a certain way. So I'm so passionate about like full permission to, sound and and feel like another thing I think is just like the feminine is like is is so connected to our emotional body and our and our capacity to like really feel the like depths of our emotions and like I feel this year I've been in such a deep 
dive into like grief of like deeper than I've ever known, like grief and longing. And yeah, I could view that as like really depressing and sad and dark, or it's been the most exquisite journey into like the core of my heart and like more love than I can even, you know, or like this longing to like meet spirit and so it's like, but it's like, you need to have the courage and the willingness to like really go into those like, quote unquote, like dark places to, to then pop out the other side. So I think like, yeah, really allowing our rage and our grief and, and these like darker emotions to like really vibrate through us because yeah, they're, they're not bad. They're just other expressions of life force that we've been conditioned to think are unhealthy, but it's like, they are unhealthy if we're holding them in and it's coming out as passive aggression. So it's like, how do we actually start to run those, those energies of like the wild woman or like, you know, the in healthy ways. So what do you feel like, um, like as some solid practices that you have in place that really like allow you to remain having like a vibrant, sensual, sexy kind of experience here? Here on earth yeah um yeah like dance is like a super like I always have music going and I'm always like moving and undulating even when it's inappropriate and like um (laughs) yeah like that would be a big one and like self-massage and like breast massage is a really beautiful practice to like connect into the like into our hearts and then like self-pleasure like Oh, it's actually been amazing being in quarantine and having so much space to be like, I can actually just like be with myself all day and like touch myself and like actually rediscover like intimacy with myself after quite a long time of like not really having the space to do that. So yeah, I think self-pleasure and and self-pleasure in a way that's like non-goal oriented and that's, you know, really not about, getting off and having some climax even though when that happens it's perfectly beautiful but actually like riding those waves of of pleasure and if you're not there it's like hey doing the deep work to to peel back some of those layers as to why maybe you have a really numb pussy or why you know there's pain when you make love or Mm. why you know sadness comes up when you try and take some deep breaths into your yoni and yeah, that's why people like us can be really helpful to like support you in unpacking that because you don't need to do it alone. And it's really big, deep work actually of, of lineages of pain and suffering. Mm, and the reconnection really from our pussy to our hearts, you know, like I think like a lot of it is about reconnecting this space of love and appreciation of her, even though those two parts of our bodies are so intertwined, you know, when I think about my womb space and my vagina and my vulva, I really think of like my heart, you know, when my heart's like vibrating and pulsing, like how much I can then draw my attention energy to like that and even just the simplest practice of like say you're on the train like you but you don't want to you know undulate and touch your breasts in front of the (laughs) rest of the people in the carriage you know like tuning in with your pussy and like doing like just like feel her you know it's amazing how often we don't take the time to center our mind to feel different parts of our body but I know like even 
during that moment where I was watching you like kind of move your body and we're talking about breast sound and movement and I was doing it and then I just started Mm. to concentrate on like the, the outside of my vagina and I feel her because I'm spending time to, to, to awaken her, you know, and then I start to feel like, Oh, that's a bit exciting. And this is also because I've had many years in, you know, that kind of space of sexual expansion and discovery that I've, I've carved out for myself. But I think that that's also a great practice, you know, just like, like start your day by like waking Mm -hmm. up to your yoni and being like, hi, I see mm-hmm. yeah even if you don't feel like you can masturbate or if you're having other problems like just energy is so powerful mm-hmm. yeah and it's like this 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 openness to be like I I hear you know in this like thing of like I hear you or like I'm I'm devoting my you know this week every morning I'm gonna like check in with you and maybe for the first five days you say nothing to me because you're like what do you mean you're suddenly wanting a connection with me? But maybe on that sixth day, she's like, hey, yeah, we've got some work to do. Or like, hey, yeah, like, nice to meet you too. And it's like, actually like meeting each part of her. And I feel like every every part of our yoni has its own little expression. Like the sound of my like outer labia, if I tune in, is like quite different to the sound like my clitoris or my like G-spot mic make, you know? And that's even just with my attention, the, the nuances of of sensation are so different so it's like getting like having that curiosity and then that devotion to her actually that like and that trust that like you can hear her when you carve out the time to listen deeply what would you say to women who are like well that's all well and good but I like live in a house with like five women and I don't know how to like undulate and make heaps of noise and like fuck myself in those spaces like what kind of advice would you have or um you know I guess for women who are also like yeah really struggling with that connection with their pussy <sighs> yeah I've been so lucky to like really live in communities where certain things that aren't normal elsewhere have become really normal to me but I think it's like searching out those places like and searching out for those people and those housemates or like you know yeah it's not about like we need to like be like screaming when we make love to ourselves but it's like can we actually also have have like prioritize you know an hour or like 20 minutes once a week to be like, this is just my time that I'm going to shut my door and I'm going to tell my kids that like mommy needs 20 minutes to just like self-care and like have some coconut oil and like just touch her breasts in the mirror for like 20 minutes and just be like, hey, buddy, you're a temple. I love you. I'm sorry. Or, you know, whatever your body needs to hear. But yeah, I also self-care is a privilege as well and it's like we we have a lot of work to do as a collective to shift the many myriad of things that that mean that self-care is a privilege but it is and I also you know I don't want to shame anyone that doesn't have the time and space to like do all of this but I do think yeah anyone can excuse me anyone can take some deep breaths every day anyone can check in and just say hi to their pussy anyone can like you know take five minutes to just sit in stillness and move their hips a little bit and like squeeze their their pc muscles to just bring some awareness down to down to their base 
and you know connect in with the earth feel like you have roots coming down like feel mama like holding you I think there's some like simple things that like we can all do definitely um speaking of mama and your mama in particular um how is it walking through the world with like such fierceness in the sexuality space and doing the work that you do with you know your mom obviously comes from india and she's like embedded in the hindu you know religion and and how has that played out in your life i think that's like a really interesting space to dive into how long have you got <laughs> um wow yeah me and my mom definitely have a very fascinating like soul contract where yeah we have a lot to teach each other and it's beautiful to feel the willingness to really learn from one another like I feel like when I first got onto like the path I was like felt like I had a lot to teach her and it was like this this thing of like my spiritual ego kind of wanting to prove like I have this language and I have these tools and it's been beautiful to be humbled in that and like feel the yeah just that we actually have such a beautiful reciprocal connection where sometimes we're like sisters and other times she's my mom and other times I feel like her mom and and actually the challenge in that of of sometimes feeling her you know, especially like with my relating in the last few years, that's, that does really challenge her where I've been like with women and men and then when men and women at the same time. And like, she just is like, whoa, trying to keep up and, and feeling like the part of her as my, as a sister on this planet, that's like, fuck yeah, like do this work, be a pioneer, like, you know, have different experiences and partners and like love deeply. And then the part of her that's like, still my mother and still has attachments that that I've kind of asked her to let go of that she's not ready to yet that or not that she's not ready to but that she's like no I'm your mom like I care and I want you to have like a stable relationship and these things that I'm like I'm not really like it's not not where I'm at in my life to it's not what I'm like committing to you know so I think that's one piece like in terms of yeah sexuality like yeah, there's definitely ways that we like really challenge one another. And I think at the age she was when she migrated to Australia, like in a lot of ways, she did a lot of the rebelling for me and my brother. So I feel that there is like, I'm so grateful that, that she, I feel like her, both of my parents really paved the path so that me and my brother could come in and find our soul purpose at a young age and really start just like, doing our weird wacky lives and like being of service and you know whereas like she really had to like and is still in some ways trying to get gain that understanding from her parents that I feel she's been able to offer me from a really young age so yeah there's 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 a, it's a it's a deep complex connection and I think something so beautiful in it is like this willingness of like we're in each other's lives forever and stuff's gonna come up and let's keep like spiraling into this and learning together. And, and I do feel like the more I, she actually recently did my online course and it was like so beautiful. I was like, there might be some content that's like really triggering where I talk about like orgasms and like masturbation. And she's like, that's okay. And she, you know, she'd message me being like, Oh, I, I listened to your wild woman playlist and I like had such a good dance and you know, like, or like I connected to the earth in this new way and felt this like, 
orgasmic energy coming up and I was just like whoa my heart just like fucking cracked open because I was like so few people can be in like this world and and still like share this vulnerably and deeply with their family so I definitely feel like I really lucked out in this in this incarnation I feel like a lot of your work is tantric even though that's not the way that you label it but it's also amazing because you come from a lineage where Mm -hmm. actually tantra you know you are Indian which is incredible and I I mean did did you ever have that moment with your mum when you were to say mum like this is this could be our religion you know like tantra could be our religion the same as like you know being a yogi she's like we've always had like statues of like shiva like around you know like i grew up with that as my mythology and my stories were like these ancient hindu tantric like myths so it's, it is quite beautiful to like feel yeah like just that that connection to that land and and actually like yeah it was interesting i did my first like ista training in india and it was so weird to feel like this kind of american international organization like going back to india and teaching tantra and part of me was like so grateful for that because i'm like it needs to come back in a new way but also like that's weird Yeah, a lot. There's a lot to talk about tantra <laughs> that we could go deep into. Especially, I just urge anybody listening. I just encourage them to look at ancient scriptures and don't just look at neo tantra, which is bastardized tantra a lot. But you know what the original scriptures are is a lot about the embodiment of finding pleasure in every moment. A lot about what you're talking to with like you know reconnecting with our pussies and being able to kind of walk in the world like knowing that we deserve that pleasure so i do encourage people to just not see the superficial side of tantra i guess but we could open up an entire conversation about that maybe it'll be podcast number two episode number two but i just think i i love that you're doing work that's so embedded in your ancestry as well and i think it's really encouraging that you're also like inviting your mom on this journey with you too you know as as two indian women and i just really honor that about you and your work and i just wanted to recognize that and say that so thank you thank you yeah i actually i just want to say one funny little anecdote on that i was like just at at Hayden where I've been living like I like called my grandparents after like five months and they're like so you know what have you been doing and I was explaining all the astrology and the soul work I'm like oh I'm also in love and it was like so then they're like oh with who am I oh you know with a man and a woman <laughs> like it was just like this thing of just being like there's my 90 year old Indian grandparents and just feeling them like yep okay and then like and then just like this part of them that totally trusts me and my heart and my wacky journey and, and feeling them like through all of that kind of head explosion, like totally on board because they feel the truth in, in like my, my choices. So it's quite a, it's quite a highlight of my year so far telling my grandparents that. On that point, <laughs> my next question, um, the world of polyamory or, I mean, <laughs> really quite committed dating to both a male and a woman that you've been doing for quite a long time, you know, in my eyes, quite a long time. But I just like, I want to ask you about that journey. I mean, for so many of us, I think, it's like tricky to even think how we could add another partner in when one partner is so much to us, you know, but what, I guess, like, what, how have you, 
navigated that space and what like tools have you brought in to kind of help um, aid you in, in doing that? Yes. <laughs> it's been like quite, <laughs> quite the journey, um, especially, especially like this year of, of not kind of having this kind of long distance thing that's like really beautiful when we're all together and then like there's lots of time in between and actually like living in a community together for almost like six months altogether so that's definitely been like a whole next level of initiations and like just deep all my all my stuff coming up basically all my core wounds abandonment rejection you know you name it like really needing to go through yeah the depths of that and and feel like my commitment to to love is like so much is is just everything to me actually it's like why I'm here and and feeling like although my mind often can't really understand this this relationship that there is this like deep trust in in it and everything it's teaching the three of us and yeah how willing I am to like keep spiraling and and I guess in terms of yeah, spiraling into that and, and at the same time, like continuously putting that relationship and that, that container on the altar and being like, all right, letting the mystery decide like, okay, we're meant to be friends. Is it like you two and then I'm here or like, what is this? I don't know. And actually I don't need to know. And every day that can change, but how do I still regulate my nervous system amongst that has been quite challenging to be honest. You know, it's like, there's like this part of my soul that's just like, woo, yes, I can love many people and, you know, I can trust the mystery and I can put my love on the altar. But then there's like also this human self that, and this animal that's like, oh, I also like have needs and have longings and, and want safety. And like, that doesn't mean I want security, but I want to, I want to know that it's safe to like really expose my, my tenderest, most fragile and vulnerable pieces. So I think for all of us, it's been this learning as to how do we like totally listen to the soul that's like, you know, go and like do this big thing and relate in this way. That's really like huge and expansive and heart cracking and intense. And then how do I care for, all the parts that haven't actually consented to the bigness of that journey. And, and I have not mastered that. Like, I feel like I'm in a process of like recalibrating that and being like, okay, which parts have I actually abandoned in this and which parts have, you know, I neglected and, and I feel, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been such a wild teacher you know and meeting the parts of me that are like I don't want to open relate I want to like have a partner that's like super devoted to me and then the other parts that aren't saying that and that are like no but I love so many people and I want deep emotional intimacy with actually everyone pretty much that I mean that I'm in a, in a relation you know that I'm I want that with my I have that with my family I have that with my friends I want that with my lovers and I'm not interested in having lots of sexual partners and maybe at the moment I, I have a few, but I'm, it's not, that's, yeah, it's quite, I feel like that's 
that's what interests me. It's like where my, my soul and my heart are leading me as opposed to just like another part of me that like wants to fuck lots of people, which is in there too. No, I'm not denying that. Like that does, that is within me as well, but not, it's not how I want to live my life necessarily. I love that because it's like, it reminds me of this time in my life where I said to a partner, um, imagine if you had 35 of me, you know, and we were going through that like throes of, of just like understanding how much pressure we put on our primary partner or whoever that person is to be and show up as everything. And how often if that person goes away even if they're going away on a holiday, but if you end, like, then you have this entire, like, void, I guess, in your life that needs to be filled. You know, imagine if we got taught that we could have the capacity to have that strong intimacy and not, I'm not talking about sexual, but, you know, like, where we did sit and make time to, like, eye gaze with our friends, like, where we deeply connected with both men and women in a non-sexual way so much that we felt that trust and understanding and I feel like more than ever in this current like paradigm that we're living in and the craziness of the tech future that we're all running towards, like I see so much a need for that, a need for a remembrance that we can share intimacy, not just with one person, but we can share this. And, but you know, when I'm talking about intimacy, I'm talking about like meaningful moments and, and times that are mindful and, um, are slowed down and with like deep intention. And I think that, that, that you can still have a sexual partner who's your primary partner and you can also have, you know, intimate relationships around you. It takes a lot of work and time because we have to unpack the teachings of Disney P.S. Fuck you, Disney. But, you know, <laughs> that's how I feel about Walt Disney. You know, an, un- an unrealistic dream and expectation in which every young woman and man is trying to find themselves to meet. But really... The one! Yeah. But really, how much, how much more how much less stress there'd be in our lives if we did try and figure out how to navigate communities in that way. And that may sound really extreme to people, but I say, fuck it. Like, let's go there. Like we're giving intimacy to our telephones and our computers right now. Like why not? And I guess my question from that is like, what are your, what are your tips to people on how to connect if they do find that that's hard for them? I wanted to say just before I answer that, like also this, this piece of like everyone has medicine for us and like, and, and I remember actually when, before we had met and I like really like, I like had this like cyber crush on you. And, and I remember like when we first met, I was like, it, I, I thought it was, it was like going to be an erotic connection. And it was like so beautiful to like let that eros of like life actually like draw me towards you. And then realize we had like this whole other crazy, like lifelong journey of like, allies that that we were actually meant to find so I also want to like honor that part that like you might think is like a sexual thing and they're like to how do we still listen to that and follow that and and like be open to actually oh maybe it's something total maybe this is a teacher or maybe this is like the mother of my children like I don't know like but but being in the mystery of that in this current time with COVID and technology really taking place from like face-to-face contact, like what are some kind of strong teachings that you've learned that you could like pass down to people? Mm. Yeah. Really help them to step into those connection places. 
Yeah, there's a few, I guess. One is like, you know, we're all on this search for like belonging and what does that mean? And, and it, yeah, for me, like I, I grew up in, in Sydney and like, I, yeah, never fully felt like I found, like I always had really deep individual connections, but I never felt part of like something bigger, like a, a community or like, you know, a tribe or whatever you want to call it. And I, and until I moved to like the Northern rivers, I, I, I had never really tasted what that's like to feel part of like, yeah, community and like how ancient that feels and how beautiful that feels. And then at the same time, how confusing that is that that's, you know, a 10 hour drive away from my family who are also really important to me. So there is this like split in, in that, that I find really hard. Um, but I think it's like being open to like, searching for that and knowing that like you deserve that and like your your people are out there it's just like being vulnerable enough to put yourself out there to find them you know so I don't really know how to like yeah it's like what what lights you up and like how do you find other people that are excited by the same thing once you do have like you know, those, those people that you're like, wow, this is actually, there's something here, whether that's in a relationship or, um, you know, or, or as a bigger community or friendship or whatever, it's like, uh, yeah, I think vulnerability is everything. And it's this, like, I've just been realizing more and more this year. I'm like, around this piece of emotional intimacy, I'm like, all I'm interested in actually is like connections where it's like, here is just like the core of me. And like anything else kind of bores me now a little bit. It's like, fuck, like I just want to be around people that are like so willing to show up and so willing to look at their shit and like own their shit. Like there's nothing sexier than someone just like owning their darkness and their shadows and just being like, fuck, I'm human and I'm fucked up and like I'm willing to heal and I'm on this path of like trying to meet all the parts of me and and how we can do that through through connection with others and what they reflect in us. But and how like linked that-, that is to sex also. Like uh-huh. that when we expose our vulnerability and we allow sex to be ugly and we allow ourselves to not look a certain way, how free we can fall into those places as well. You know, that we get so conditioned to believe perfection is what we're striving for when actually like the sexiest thing in the whole world could be your partner crying on the floor telling you Mm -hmm. how much they fucked up and you're like your whole body is there with them you know rather than the resistant partner that's like I am the epitome of perfection I have done nothing wrong I will never do anything wrong you know and I guess like it it, it is a lot of unpacking but I think like thank you Brene Brown for bringing vulnerability into like Mm -hmm. the mainstream and allowing women and men to not see that as a weakness anymore, yes. to really see that as like a core strength and power. And I think also to understand that that allows us to connect deeply with people. It allows us to be empathetic beings, you know, mm. and that's that's a power that we have that we do not need to lose because it is so important for connection. And then, you know, that has a ripple effect in the bedroom too. I love being vulnerable in the bedroom. I mean, I don't cry a lot when I'm having sex, but, you know. I'm crying so much during sex. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's so great. Totally. I love the differences. Like you and me could come together to talk about our sexual experiences and how – 
different, unique and valid each one is. And I think like there's no, there's no perfect way to fuck. There's no perfect way to be there. There's no perfect body. There's no perfect man or woman. Like we are so There's no unique. perfect pussy. Yeah. One. There's no perfect pussy. We That's know that. Conversation. Yeah. And I mean, just, they're all I think, perfect. Yeah. Well, they're all on, they're all vulnerable and they're all, you know, maybe a little bit not perfect, which makes them perfect. But Mm -hmm. I think like a lot of, a lot of female sexuality is, and, and the oppression on it is about unpacking that part of ourselves, you know, really unpacking what we're willing to show. And like, it can be fucking scary, but that's why we have people like you in the world who we can walk aside and connect with and ask questions because I know from being your friend and also working alongside you and living with you that the work that you do is so amazingly integral you know the way you walk in this world is really integral and that's something I think to really be highlighted and said because you walk in the world the way that you do your work you know it is with deep sacredness and like you show up in a way constantly wanting to learn constantly putting yourself in situations that rip down your ego so you can rebuild yourself you know like like not being like heavy into you know, escaping or disassociating, whether that be drugs or alcohol or anything. And I just think it's important to highlight that, you know, that the the path towards these spaces where we want to all be, like sometimes they're challenging and sometimes you have to sacrifice things that we're told we should do, you know, in order to deal with our emotions. Sometimes we have to sacrifice those things in order to get great gain at the end of it, you know. I just wanted to highlight that because I think that it's not very often I get to like really express on an intimate level, the people that I'm interviewing and I've seen you so closely and I know your work so closely and I, I'm sure it's not seen on Instagram or through social media outlets or through other podcasts that you've done, like how, how integral you are in, in, in the way that you walk as a woman. And, and that's so powerful, regardless of your age, you're so wise to me. You know, and I just like think that you have like this such unwavering strength as a young woman who is like kind of stepped into this mother maiden role even from maiden to mother, even though you're, you know, still so young in terms of how long you've lived here. But the experiences and the challenge that you've dived in, it speaks volumes in your work. So I just wanted to pay homage to you because I love you. And also I just think it's really important that people, you know, hear the truth about you and um, that, that when we look at people on social media and we idolize them and the lives that they they have, that we also recognize um, what they've had to give up in order to get to those places too. So I see you and I see the Uh. work done. (laughs) drinking all of that in wow thank you i love you and i just think you should be honored and i think every woman should be honored so i i have one more question for you because it's the question that i i ask every woman so that the podcast is called it takes courage to tell the truth and my question is what's the greatest truth that you've discovered in this human lifetime 
Um, wow. Oh, it's hard to kind of come through with a sentence. It definitely is related to devotion and yeah, like this devotion to my heart's truth, that that is something always worth following, no matter how painful and tender and grief provoking and ecstatic like it's always yeah it's just that it's always the way I just feel like my heart is like my direct portal to spirit and cosmos and that that's not a quantifiable thing but that that's everything yeah and it ties in perfectly with the title, you know, like what I hear from that is to like follow the truth that your heart is, is, is telling you and to try and really not like listen or, or make logic of it, but just follow it and mm-hmm. to tap into our truth and to walk in our truth is to walk in our integrity. Mm-hmm. And, and that requires deep devotion and work in order to kind of cancel out the rest of the noise. So I, I definitely heard it. Thank you for for summarizing my my emotions and my feelings and my my heart. I've, yeah, that's it. Leila, thanks so much for spending some time to have a conversation with me. And yeah, I just yeah, I love the way your brain works, and I love being able to talk all things sex and juiciness and womanness with you. So. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to see you. Um, oh, and arms, my God. And I'm so happy that you got put up in a lush hotel thanks to the Australian government. And uh, yeah, riding out your lockdown ISO. Um, yeah, with a big bubble bath. So mm-hmm. enjoy it and happy integration, my love. And I will see and speak to you so soon. Thank you.